Welcome to Talking HR Compliance, a podcast made for small businesses. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes, give or take, talking about HR and employment law matters. But you probably know them better as those things you can never keep track of and are always causing you trouble. If that sounds like you, then you've come to the right place. Sit back and let our HR and employment law experts do the talking. Hello and welcome to Talking HR Compliance. I'm Jamie Lazat, the HR and Tax Compliance Solutions Manager at ComplyRight, as well as your host for this podcast. And on today's episode, um, we're going to be um, continuing from our last episode when we answered questions from our listeners about returning to work after COVID-19. Or while we all still know that COVID-19 is still around and affecting everyone, but possibly your state, your county, or even your locality has permitted businesses to reopen. Now, we decided to do a second podcast uh, because we received a lot of questions about how to reopen, um, concerns that uh, our listeners are receiving from their employees. And again, of course, as your compliance gurus, we want to provide some insight and some answers to those pressing questions that you have on this very important topic as you go through these uncharted waters. So starting with the first question here, um, the one that we received is, what if someone has been working from home and has generalized uh, fear or discomfort of coming back to the office full time? I'm sure a lot of you are getting uh, employees that are concerned. So this is a great question and definitely a good one to start off with. And we are seeing this question a lot. Um, And employees, their generalized fear of coming to work, it's not protected by the FFCRA. Um, which is also the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act. Um, That would only apply here if the person was at high risk and they were advised not to work by a healthcare provider. But because there are some other legal protections that could come into play, I would really suggest working with this person to come up with a solution. So it's kind of a case-by-case situation. Um, And first, what you want to do is assess whether the person can work remotely, Um, or in this case, whether the person can continue working remotely if they already are working remotely. And many companies are changing their beliefs really about remote work due to this situation. Um, And even certain uh, positions that were never permitted to uh, go remote before are now working out really well as remote arrangements. Now, if that doesn't work, then you should talk to the employee about uh, any rational fears and what you as a company or an employer could do to help. Um, You also want to review with the employee all of the measures um, that you have taken and you've put in place for your company to protect him or her from the virus. Um, And that that should include um, enhanced cleaning and sanitation, um, the use of PPE, which is uh, personal protective equipment, um, such as masks and gloves. Uh, physical distancing from coworkers and customers. Have you rearranged the office? Um, switched up schedules, things like that. Um, you can also suggest other ways to help the employee minimize their exposure, um, such as working different shifts, offer them different shifts, um, or even altering their hours so that they can avoid um, the busiest times for public transportation if they have to take it. And also. You want to encourage the employee um, to use their PTO if they do not want to work. Um, And once they've exhausted their PTO, then you can consider other leaves of absence that are available under your company policy um, or state or local law. 
Now, our next question is, would an employee qualify for FFCRA leave if they do not have child care due to COVID, but their job duties can be done remotely? Another great question. Well, an employee qualifies for FFCRA if they are unable to do their job because of their uh, child's school, um, camp, or even daycare, because we know we're in summer months now, is closed due to COVID-19. Now, if the employee can work remotely, then they would not qualify. However, if the employee um, cannot work remotely because of the child care obligations, so for an example, let's say that the employee has four children under the age of six and they just simply cannot get their work done even though they're permitted to work from home, then the FFCRA would apply in this instance. Our next question here is, what exactly should be tracked for tax credits if you have an employee out due to uh, doctor-enforced quarantine or out due to COVID-19 illness? Um, Well, here, what you must track is it's for the tax credits. Um, And that depends on the reason for the employee's FFCRA leave request. Um, Now, an employee requesting leave uh, due to a federal, state, or local quarantine or isolation order that's related to COVID-19, they must provide the name of the government entity that issued the quarantine or the isolation order. So you need to keep track of that. And then an employee requesting leave due to a healthcare provider advising self-quarantine due to covid must provide the name of the healthcare provider. So you want to make sure that you capture that information as well. And another situation is an employee requesting leave um, to care for an individual that has been subject to a quarantine or isolation order, or they've been advised by a healthcare provider to self-quarantine. They must provide either, um, one, the government entity that issued the quarantine or isolation order, or two, the name of the healthcare provider who advised the self-quarantine. And Another situation is um, an employee that could be requesting to take leave to care for a child uh, due to the school or child care closing, or if they uh, do not have anybody available um, to take care of their child due to a public health emergency. Um, They actually have to provide the following. They um, have to provide the name of the child, the name of the school, um, the place of care, um, or the child care provider that closed or became unavailable. And also, they have to provide a statement that represents that there's no other suitable person available to care for the child during the period of the requested leave. So again, very important that you capture that information because that's what you're going to have to submit to the government in order to be able to get those tax credits. Um, So this is also why um, ComplyRight developed um, the FFCRA request for... um, FFCRA leave form, I should say, Um, and that is to help the employers gather that information directly from the employee when those employees ask for the time off. So they have it right in front of them and they know what to ask so they know what to gather. And based on the reason selected for leave, it requires the employee to provide all of that required information for those tax credits. And it's all documented neatly in one form per, uh, per employee. So it's easy for the employer to keep Um, track of and keep on record so when they need to submit it to the government they have it all right there in front of them. Our next question is if an employee provides medical info um, and that could include information about symptoms, exposure, and their own temperature, is there a potential issue of keeping this as a medical record? 
um, like any potential liability issue or privacy issue. Um, well, you are dealing with uh, medical information there, personal medical information. So yes, um, anytime that you're documenting anything about an employee's health, it is confidential and it definitely has to be treated that way. Um, you know, that means that only authorized individuals um, on a need-to-know basis really should be able to access that information that you're collecting. And it also means that you need to store that information in a confidential medical folder. And that is apart <coughs> from regular employee personnel records and all medical folders should be stored in a locked cabinet that's accessible only to human resources and authorized personnel. Because again, you wanna make sure that it is stored in the, most, in the highest confidential manner. The next question here is, we have 20 employees. Um, if someone goes out, they are all going to know who's, who, who it is and how, you know, how do we avoid that? Well, you know, there's, there's probably no way to, to prevent employees from talking and figuring out what's going on. Um, but that doesn't change your obligation um, as a manager or a business owner not, you know, to make sure that you do not share any information about the employee's status um, and, and definitely not to confirm anything specifically about the employee. Um, now, we know employees may talk and may read between the lines, but as the employer, you should never reveal any medical information about an employee to a another employee at all. The next question here is, we have staff that work in the field and they don't have to report to the office. Should we do a health questionnaire for self-certification? Um, definitely a great question here, but most definitely yes, um, because that's a great way to handle offsite employees. Now, um, even your remote employees, you can ask on a daily basis. Um, and you can require these employees to check in daily or prior to each shift to confirm that they have no symptoms and no recent exposure to the virus. Um, there are apps now that help you do this digitally, um, and or you could even implement your own call-in system through your phones. Um, there's really no wrong, uh, you know, right or wrong way to do it, but it definitely is a good idea to require that self-certification if you can't monitor your employees directly. Um, now, there may be some exceptions for certain industries um, under some of the local return-to-work laws where you have to do it on site. But typically, self-certification is fine, and I think at the minimum, you want to you at least be doing that um, to make sure you're checking in with the employees. Okay, and we have our last question uh, for today's podcast, and it is, can we ask employees to provide medical documentation if they claim that they can't come back because of health concerns? And the answer here is yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I would just make sure that you make that if you do it for one employee, you want to make sure that you do it consistently for all employees so that there's no potential discrimination issues that may come about. Um, but it is definitely something you want to document, um, you know, because obviously if they do end up having to take some sort of leave that is approved, you want to make sure that you have that documented as well. So, Okay, that concludes today's episode, and I hope we answered some more of your questions about returning to work during COVID-19. We know that this is definitely top of mind for um, employers of all types and sizes, and I know that we're all out there striving to create a new normal, even though we are put in uncharted territory that we're all experiencing. So I want to thank you all for listening, 
And remember, follow us on social media so that you can stay up to date. And of course, as always, we want to be your go-to when it comes to compliance to help you ease that burden and focus on your business and employees. So until next time, take care, stay safe, and happy complying. Thanks for tuning in to Talking HR Compliance. If you still want more, you can subscribe, review, share with your friends. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes of Talking HR Compliance.